Well, Ivan, uh, you asked for it, and so uh, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, like he, he told you, I, I did not volunteer to do this. Uh, I was drafted, and, uh, and so, uh, yeah, I, I agreed to uh, tell you bits and pieces of uh, sort of my life journey, uh, Edna and my life journey together as well. Um, I, I, uh, I, I've sort of uh, entitled my story, my, my call, our call to missions. In order to give context to uh, some of the things I want, I want to share with you, I, I sort of need to give you a bit of an overview of, uh, of, of my life. Uh, I, I was born in 1939. Um, I was the youngest of 13 children. And I've told some of you I had seven sisters. That's the reason for all of my psychological maladjustments. <laughs> um, uh, but, uh, but it was September 1939, the year I was born, that Hitler's Nazi troops invaded Poland and triggered the beginning of World War II. That's when I had my beginning. World War II ended in 1945. So, so sort of stuck in my, my childhood memories, as far back as I can go, um, of my early childhood, was the, the fact that there was a big, bad war going on out there somewhere in the world that I didn't understand much about. Uh, in... Uh, I was born in, in Ohio, in Holmes County, Ohio. Um, and, uh, but in 1952, uh, jumping ahead about 13 years from my birth, in 1952, when I turned 13, my, my father uh, moved our family family that was left, there were, there were yet five of us in the family that weren't married, moved here to this area, to Catlett, Virginia. Uh, and the only um, Mennonite Anabaptist church that was in this area was an Amish church. And um, I was born in an Amish home. But uh, when we came here, the Amish church that was here was different than the Amish church in Holmes County, Ohio. In this respect, that, uh, well, let me, let me say this, that Dan Nisley, who many, most of you would know about, uh, was a 28-year-old newly ordained Amish bishop of the Amish church that was here at Catlett at that time. But what was different about the Amish church here in, in Catlett from the Amish church in Ohio is that uh, the, the, uh, the, the ministers of the Amish church here were more clear about uh, preaching the fact that the, the need to be born again uh, and um, the need to, to receive Jesus as uh, our personal savior. 
And that's probably why when, uh, when I was about 15, 16 years old, I began to seek the Lord for the forgiveness of my sins. And uh, I in, invited Jesus uh, into my life at that particular time. Um, and, but it was when I was between the ages of 16 and uh, 18 and 20, 16 and 20, that I became aware of the fact that not only do I need, do I need the forgiveness of sins, but I became deeply aware of the fact that I was a sinner. And the reason that I sinned was because I was a sinner. And so that brought me to, uh, to seek the Lord for a greater understanding of, uh, the, of the change that needs to happen in my life. Not only forgiveness, but uh, it, the need to become a new creature in Christ um, was, uh, was pressed upon me at that time. But when I was about 15 years old, 15, 16 years old, uh, living on the farm, our farm was the, the farm that was just the other side of the Byler farm here, uh, where Barkman, the Barkman business is from there down to the railroad uh, and down to Walnut Branch on this side was, was our farm. Uh, but when I was about 15 years old, working on my dad's farm, uh, I, I became aware, I, don't ask me how, but I became aware of the fact that, that I was going to become a minister of the gospel. Uh, it was an intuition that uh, I didn't seek. Uh, it, it, it just came. Uh, it, it became very forceful to me at that particular time. Um, and then in, uh, in, my, in my late teens and early 20s, Two things that impacted me very powerfully in, uh, in those years. And I, I became, because my, my father uh, moved and, and then moved back, but we, we became a part of the, the, uh, the uh, Mount Zion Church in Stewart's Draft. The, uh, and, um, the Mount Zion Church had a group of 30 young people that were, um, that were uh, very intensely uh, spiritually minded. Uh, they were interested in serving the Lord. And uh, being, being a part of that group greatly impacted and influenced me to, uh, to live uh, a life pleasing to the Lord. I, uh, the, the other thing that happened about that time is that I began to open myself to, to a call to missions. By, in essence, asking the Lord 
the question that Paul asked the Lord on the Damascus Road, Lord, what will you have me to do? What, what do you want with my life? What do you want to do with my life? You see, um, in my youth at that particular time, I didn't dream of making money or owning a shiny sports car with 500 horsepower under the hood, that kind of thing. Um, but I, 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 I idealized taking the gospel to some tribal people who never heard the gospel, and, and even being a Bible translator. I was deeply impact, impacted by uh, reading such books as A Thousand Tongues to Go, meaning there are many uh, tribal languages out there that do not have the Bible in, in their language, in, in, in their tongue. Also, uh, I read such books like The Shadow of the Almighty, uh, the story of uh, Jim Elliot and, and his uh, three friends who were martyred by the Alka Indian people in, in, in Ecuador, South America. Uh, and so reading these books deeply challenged me and, and uh, impacted me. Um, well, in, so in the early 60s, um, the, the Vietnam War was warming up. And I was drafted. Um, and uh, I, I, won't, I won't even, I won't tell you how, what I experienced by having to go down to Richmond and, and taking my physical uh, as, because the, to, to determine whether I was uh, fit to, to be a soldier. But I was drafted, and uh, at the time that, that I was drafted, AMA, Amish Mennonite Aid, opened uh, a service unit in El Salvador. Um, I... Uh, I volunteered to be a part of the, uh, the first unit, the service unit that uh, AMA opened in the country of El Salvador. So I did two years of uh, 1W service um, in uh, living in a little Spanish village called Sitio del Nino, just off of the, the, uh, the Pan American Highway in, uh, in El Salvador. Um, and I, uh, I spent two years uh, teaching the village men how to build furniture for their own homes. Uh, it, was, uh, it was my first experience of uh, living cross-culturally. Um, Toward the, uh, the end of my, my second year in El Salvador, um, my, my friend John Glick uh, and I decided to take a week of vacation time and explore the, the country of Guatemala. 
Um, Guatemala is a, is a beautiful country. Uh, volcanic mountain peaks. Um, it uh, it it's, uh, has a very colorful uh, uh, people there. Uh, about 60% of the... Um, the population of Guatemala was known to be indigenous. Uh, and, uh, and so uh, John and I went to the uh, central highlands north of Guatemala City for a week, uh, just uh, exploring the area. And we, we came to the, the town of Chichi Castinango. Uh, Chichi Castanango was uh, in the area of the Chichi indigenous Indian people. And so uh, 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 John and I spent a couple of days in Chichi, uh, Chichi Castanango, if I can say it properly. Uh, the, uh, it was market day, uh, two days of market. Uh, where the Kichi Indian people would bring their wares into the, uh, into the, the town of Gigi Castanango, set up and, and, and attempt to sell them. Well, we sort of um, spent time in the, uh, in the city, especially in the marketplace. Uh, <laughs> And uh, so I, I discovered that uh, there was a special high hill on the outside of Chichi Castanango where the Kichi Indian people would come to, uh, to, to uh, uh, worship uh, the way they traditionally uh, worshipped. So early one morning, um, I got up early, and by dawn, I was up on top of this uh, high hill, on, just on the outside of Chichi Castanango. And um, I, uh, already I observed uh, uh, several Chichi uh, Indian men on top of this high hill overlooking the the town of Chichi Castanango. Uh, and they were, uh, they were uh, um, burning incense. They were kneeling in front of their little stone idols. Um, and they were uh, uh, praying to the God, the God that they understood to be. And um, as, as I stood there on top of that hill, watching especially this one Kichi Indian man burn incense, uh, utter his prayers, uh, do an offering uh, to, to seek his God, I have a, a powerful defining moment uh, at that time. And, uh, and I can't begin to tell you 
uh, how defining that was for me. But it seemed to me that I heard the Lord say to me within my heart, Wayne, I'm going to call you. I'm, I'm, you're, going to, you're going to minister the gospel to people like this. I, I, I had no idea what all of that meant. Um, well, it wasn't long after that that I returned from El Salvador back to the United States in June of 1964. A lot of things transpired. Um, exciting things transpired, such as Edna and I met. And, uh, and to make a long story short, we married. We got married. And we're still married today. Um, but, uh, um, oh, I, I, I do have, oh no, I can't do it. <laughs> I was going to tell you how Edna met me before I met her. But uh, if you're interested in that, I can tell it to you personally later. Um, but she did hear me speak before we had ever met. Because I came back from El Salvador, went to the youth fellowship meeting in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. A speaker didn't show, though, so they, they asked me to fill in for him. And... Um, uh, Dennis, I, I wasn't conservative. I was radical at that point. A bit too radical for my good wife. And she, she later told me that she thought I didn't know what I was talking about. But I was, I was making, and uh, I was doing an attempt at, uh, at challenging the young people in the area of missions. So we got married in 1966. Um, soon after we were married, AMA came to us and asked if we would consider going back to El Salvador as a couple, as a missionary couple this time. Um, and uh, we considered that. We made a trip to uh, to Central America so that Edna could see what we were getting into. It seemed to fit. Everything seemed to fit. I, I knew the culture. I was uh, comfortable in language, uh, etc. But uh, and so, so it seemed like it, uh, it, uh, we should uh, say yes to this invitation. But when we further discussed our decision with AMA, the door of opportunity shut in our faces real tight. Uh, and uh, so in disappointment, we went back to our mountain home in Syria, Virginia, 
set up a, I set up a masonry business. Uh, then in the spring of 1971, David Hirschberger uh, spent a week, most of a week, with us. Um, and he discussed with us a need for a missionary couple in Sioux Lookout, northwestern Ontario. And uh, this became a rather clear call for us. Um, not to the Kichi people group, uh, but a call to minister the gospel to the Ojibwe and Cree people of Northwestern Ontario. We took a big step of faith, sold out, left, stayed for 35 years. Uh, our testimony is that of uh, Eliezer in Genesis 24, 27. When he explained how the Lord led him to find Rebekah for Isaac as a wife, he said, being in the way, the Lord led us. Being in the way, the Lord led us. That's a brief, brief story of 